This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 4, Episode 68. As the Stanley Cup is done, we are in the offseason. We are in the midst of summer. It is now the end of June. The 4th of July is approaching. The NHL draft is approaching in just about the 28th, and today's about a week. We got a week. So NBA draft is tomorrow. So we are in full-fledged baseball summer season, and uh, so I got to ask Andy, how are you doing, my friend? And welcome back. Thank you. I'm doing good. Uh, sorry, everyone, for my absence. I just got back from Lake Michigan. Uh, beautiful. Never been there. Went with my wife and her family. Uh, yeah. Didn't realize that the waters of uh, Lake Michigan and all the satellite lakes, beautiful turquoise waters. Uh large sand dunes uh it's just gorgeous gorgeous beaches you you'd swear you are off the coast uh, of florida sometimes so uh yeah and a little bit cold when we got there but it warmed up as time went on and another thing i didn't realize is that uh the clocks don't get turned back and it's light outside until 10 o'clock at night so that's kind of weird it was a little trippy you know you'd be like oh it feels like you know just by your mentally it feels like 6 p.m and then you look at your your watch and it's like 9 30 and you're like geez louise you know so but happy to be back yeah well well, we're happy happy to have you back and uh yeah it's just uh not much has happened obviously andy on the new york rangers front um i think everyone um has probably read all the the comments and the you know the 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 bullet points of the introductory meeting for coach lavalette and that's going to be a tough one. I told you, I've, I've said this on the podcast. I have a big tongue, the laviolette of, and that's like me taking it slow, is going to twist my tongue like crazy. So uh, my apologies for from here and then what we think he lasts the season. So, um, but yeah, anyway, um, Andy, should we start with that? Should we start with the press conference? Yeah, let's start with the press conference. Uh yeah, well, you know what? Let's preview for everyone we're gonna, some of the things we're going to talk about today. Uh, we should talk about the press conference. We should talk about the New York Rangers' notable hires to Peter Laviolette's staff. And then we have, obviously, uh, the news of the day after that. But, yeah, let's start with the press conference. Yeah, so I, I, I think I think a lot of the, the points that, you know, he made during this whole process, uh, I feel like he was it was pretty spot on of, of what I thought he would say. And he's kind of right in a lot of ways. And, and like, I think he's got a good pulse of what this team is. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be interesting to see um, what they do during the draft and, you know, how they fill in the gaps and some of the contracts that must be signed before the season um, starts. Because obviously we have a, a lot of, you know, gap here. And, you know, they're going to have to build basically a bottom six and kind of hope that, um, some of these younger guys on smaller contracts step up uh, because if they don't, then we're done and it doesn't matter who the coach is. Um, but what what was your take on just his idea of what this team is uh, heading into next season? So, I mean, the general 
gist I feel is that it was a very successful press conference for Laviolette. He said all the right things, but yeah. let's also remember so did uh, David Quinn and so did Gerard Gallant. I think coming especially so with such a short time between the firing of the previous coach and the hiring of the new coach, you're basically understand you, you have a pretty good read on the room before walking into it. You understand what failed because a a big part of your, you getting the job is you have to do your, for your interview as a coach coming in, you have to do your due diligence and said, well, why'd the last guy get fired to make sure I don't repeat anything of they said, you know what I mean? And, uh, a lot of it clearly was the Gerard Gallant for better, for worse is not really a hands-on type of coach. He's a player. He protects his players. He kind of lets them do what they want, stays out of the room, not a super fiery guy, you know, say here, but where Laviolette's kind of, uh, different, he's passionate, but he also really likes to develop play in, you know, relationships with his players. So, but obviously I think he understood, he seemed to have a, a good pulse on, when asked about what he can bring it, they, the, the Rangers beat reporters didn't really intimate, didn't quite word it as what are you going to bring that the last guy didn't, but it, that was obviously the, the subtext there, the unspoken subtext right. there. And, and I thought lobby left did a good job of saying, look, I, uh, I think that Lafreniere and Kako will need, I'm obviously not going to give anyone anything because you don't want to just say, obviously you're not going to say, Oh yeah, I'm going to give these kids, you know, I'm going to give them premier minutes. You just don't say that because it's a team. There's more than just those two on the team, but he basically said, yeah, they we're going to give them every opportunity. But again, I think they kind of have people, to. <laughs> well, yeah, but also people pulled up quotes from Gerard Gallant's introductory press conference, basically saying, you know, about uh, uh, Lafreniere coming in for his first year coming into the league or no, I'm sorry. He, he Lafreniere had one year with David Quinn, right? Yeah. Uh, basically saying, you know, uh, that I don't think players de- of that caliber develop well in the fourth line. And he just kind of stuck him on the third line forever. You know what I mean? So you have to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, if it's one thing to right now say, all right, well, at least Capo Caco is going to, uh, you know, play on the top line right wing spot. Great. But next thing you know, let's say next week, the Rangers somehow signed Garnet Hathaway who played for Laviolette in uh, Washington. And then all of a sudden Garnet Hathaway is playing at the top line, you know, right wing spot or whatever. You know what I mean? So just, yeah. but that being said, he said all the right things. Um, and I mean, specifically he basically cued in on the, the, I guess the, whatever you want to call it, the, the bell ring quote of the day was that this team has a lot of skill, but what wins a Stanley cup is the battle level and the compete level. And he doesn't think that's something that just comes. He said, that's something that comes. It has to be, it comes in practice. It comes in developing your habits and it comes on me being on top of them, which is, I guess was a criticism of Gallant that he's just kind of not, you know, he lets his, that type of stuff he lets his uh his assistants really work out where he just kind of has general like you know general concepts and that's really it but you know we do know laviolette has a system he likes he likes good defense and attacking his teams are usually pretty good five on five teams that maybe you know but maybe they suffer in some of the other areas of like special teams but he has an aggressive system and it starts in the back end and 
honestly, I think just from a from a pie in the sky first impulse reactions, he said everything you want to hear. Uh, basically said, yeah, this team has lots of skill. They have lots of talent. But if they want to win a cup, if they want to take that next step. Uh, the whole team needs to up their compete level, their puck retrievals, their pursuit in the corners, and just those little habits. So, and that's basically what we that that matches what we saw in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Lav, here's a specific quote from Lavulette. Thanks to Vince and to Marcagliano on Twitter. Uh, there has to be a clear cut plan on what we're doing. For me, it's always been a little more of an aggressive approach. Defense is always a priority for me. It's about the attack. It's about pressuring. It's about puck pursuit, which are all things the New York Rangers have lacked. So, uh, yeah. And then he told a nice little anecdote about his cup of coffee with the Rangers in his very short NHL career. He played 12 games with the Rangers, uh, but they Chris Drury presented him with uh, his number 39 jersey that he wore with his, with the Rangers. So that was that was nice. And and yeah, Peter Laviolette is the new head coach of the New York Rangers. But James, what what are your thoughts on uh, Peter Laviolette and what he said in his introductory press conference? Yeah, listen, I think the first thing you have to give him credit for is acknowledging the fact that there were deficiencies within the Rangers game, right? If, you know, if he came in and just said, I think this team just needs a, you know, a fresh outtake or just a, or a fresh outlook on, on, you know, the game and stuff like that, I think that would have been bad. But the fact that he's just said, like, listen, the skills there, we know that everyone knows that. But what's lacking is all, you know, the, I think he, I don't know if he's actually said this, but the the traits of the game. And I think that's really important, you know, and, you know, one of the quotes, you know, I think he said was, you know, that means ready to play aggressive, attacking, pressuring style of hockey, be ready to battle and grind. And it's like, yeah, that's playoff hockey. And I love the fact that he brought the, you know, the Tampa Bay lightning and was like, well, look at them. They didn't win because they were just talented. They won because they were good in every facet of the game. Like they weren't a one trick pony. And we brought this up about Tampa a million times saying whoever their opponent was, they were able to adapt and play a style. And, you know, you always kind of harped on the fact that they, they almost learned, you know, what it takes to play by getting embarrassed. And, you know, the New York Rangers, their embarrassing moment was, you know, in my opinion, game seven of, of, you know, the first round against the New Jersey Devils. And, you know, that gives me a little bit of hope here thinking that, you know, this group, you know, learning that lesson with a coach that's recognizing that they need to play more like the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, and learn the traits of the game and, 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 you know, be able to grind. And there's a difference between saying this team needs to be more aggressive and acknowledging the fact that it needs to be taught. It needs to be built into your, I think he said, built into your, you know, DNA as a hockey player. And that starts at practice and that starts, you know, from, you know, day one, you step on the ice, he's going to incorporate a system in which this team knows what they're doing and how to play. Um, and I think that's extremely important because they're, you know, you know, the Rangers are good enough skill wise to beat a softer team, but are they good enough to beat a fast team? No, they weren't last year. Were they good enough to beat a physical team? They had problems, you know, they had problems against physical teams like the Winnipeg Jets towards the end of the season. They kind of got, you know, just completely bodied. But, you know, you give them passes because, you know, a team's not going to win every regular season game. But when it comes to a series, can you play that aggressive style? Can you play that fast style? Can you play with structure? Can you play with extra skill? Can you be, 
efficient on the power play? Can you be and play a game where you're just going to have to grind out a, a two, one, one, nothing game, you know? And uh, like we thought the Islanders could do against the Carolina hurricanes in the first round. It's just, it's being able to adapt and being good at every facet of the game. It's about having a goalie who's hot during the playoffs. It's about having six defense that can, you know, play an even amount of minutes and just grind through series because you can't exhaust, you know, your best players. You know, we don't have a Duncan Keith, you know, we have Adam Fox, who's very good, but he can't be grinding out 25, 30 minutes a game. That's just not his style. So the Rangers have to find out who they are, find out, you know, what they're made of and really, you know, try to use, you know, each player to, you know, the best asset that they can bring to this team. And listen, physicality can be there. I think both you and I agree that, you know, there's certain elements to the Rangers game that we saw this past season where we're like, they can play like that. It's just, they're just not consistent at doing it. And it's just because it was never taught in practice. It was just, you know, which Rangers team was going to show up. So, you know, again, my question to you, Andy, uh, I guess to kind of, you know, continue this conversation is, you know, with the Rangers and we don't know what they're built right now. So there's a lot of questions to be told and it's, will be fun to see how the Rangers get built with the input of Laudelette. Um, but do you think right now with the, the current players that they have on the roster, and I'm talking about the core players, I'm talking about Fox, Truba, you know, uh, you know, Kreider, um, we don't know if Kane or Tarasenko might come back, but like those players, do you think they have it in their DNA to play a style to win a Stanley cup after watching what you saw in, you know, this past Stanley cup with Vegas and Florida? I mean, I think, are they capable of it? Yes. It's, but it's clearly not innate. Um, and whether I think that's, there's a combination of a lot of things. I think some of it, is a lack of that system structure to rely back on to make sure that I, you know, I think there's a lot of indecisiveness in the New York Rangers game, which leads to them being disjointed. I think it's easier to revert back to that when the team was in sync. I think the times we saw the Rangers in sync in the last two seasons, they looked like they could beat any team in the league. You know what I mean? But it was just too few and far between. It was just too hard to pull that out of them. But every now and then you'd have a game where everyone was pulling the rope. I mean, I still think that game they played in game one, their revenge game at home, the home opener against uh, Tampa is probably the best game I've seen the New York Rangers play in two years. I think, and I think there's a combination of they had a little bit of a different makeup earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. And I think they had something to prove. And obviously, they had, it's not like they had to uh, pace themselves. You know what I mean? But I just think there is this is a team that has. And again, like, I mean, Vegas is and the Rangers in the Ve in Vegas are. When you look at construction wise, there's not crazy, vastly different teams. You know what I mean? There's I wouldn't say Vegas is they're at least from a talent perspective is far above the Rangers, but obviously their their commit, obviously their coaching was and their system was, and I think their commitment to that system clearly was, but from a pure, just amount of weapons in the quiver, you know, the Rangers have some dangerous players, you know what I mean? But 
I, th- I think uh, man for man, if you looked at rosters, if you had to pick a roster to take blindly, like not knowing who, you know, if you were picking, you know, play in NHL, you know, online, the Rangers team, I think, is better man for man. It's, yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I think the it's Vegas is clearly such a well, better balanced team. Well, like yeah, whole, I mean, their whole back end the... is is good. You know what I mean? It, it, and but they have such a good system. But obviously, listen, I mean, at the end of the day, they had players like Brett Howden playing on the second line, right. but they like, they spread it. They spread it out. They had, you know, they had Stone basically and the, even as beat up as he was holding down that second line with. But Chandler Stevenson's a hell of a player and a, he was a great role model for Brett Howden of what to do. So let Stone direct traffic, let the two faster legs and Stevenson and Howden just forecheck like mother effers, which they know how to do. And then stone would make you pay with that excellent stick and his keep ins. You know what I mean? And then obviously Barbashev played out of his mind and March so has always been March so and Eichel coming off of his neck surgery is finally healthy. And, and then, yeah, you had Smith and Carlson who was amazing. Obviously you have Riley Smith, uh, who's always been underrated and Amadio who again is a good, good energy checker guy. And then the fourth line was just, for pre-game, you know, uh, Nicholas Waugh, Will Carrier, and, and Colasar, you know what I mean? They're just, they're, they'll bury you, you know what I mean? So they didn't even have uh, Phil Kessel in the lineup half the time, you know what I mean? But there, I think, but when you talk about top end, at, at peak of powers, top end talent, it's it's not as far off as you, you can say. I just think Vegas clearly has a more complete back end. Uh, but, I mean, if, if Keanu becomes the player you have, you have a potential to have two players better in, in Fox and in Miller than anyone. Not maybe Miller's not as good as Shea Theodore or Petrangelo right now, but he has the potential to be, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but the problem is then you still, you have to live with the, what what's going on in the third pair. You know what I mean? And, and obviously that's a lot that depends on Schneider finding his game and obviously hoping they need more players that can move the puck because they just the Rangers just could not move the puck other than Fox. So, but you hope having Zach Jones, he just brings more of that to the lineup. So, uh, but yeah, that's this is getting into a whole nother discussion. But the point still stands to your original question in a in a drawn out way of answering it. Yes, I think the Rangers can play this way, but it's not innate with them, and it has to be drummed into them. So that's why him saying that is a is a good sign. Right. And uh, I think that's the biggest takeaway you can take from this, you know, first interview. Uh, I also wanted to ask you from the, you didn't get much obviously on, you know, the future of this team and what it will look like, but with your opinion and, and hearing some of the words that, you know, coach Lavalette had so far, what's your impression that they bring in, a Patrick Kane or Tarasenko. Obviously, Tarasenko's really unlikely just because of how much he'll probably make. But what do you think the meetings are like right now talking about bringing back a Patrick Kane? Do you think Lavalette is for that, or do you think he would rather explore different avenues? Uh, I think he might have his own thoughts. I don't know if he's going to have much of a say in the matter. I think if they can get Patrick Kane back cheap because of the surgery... Uh, if that's, if they can, then listen, that, I mean, what name, do you think? Whether, whether I don't think, I think, I don't think, I, I think Lavulette would be for it. I think at the end of the day, 
you can say what you want and have your own thoughts about whether or not Patrick Kane is what he once was. And I think he's clearly not, but the name has so much cachet. And if you're like, he's going to have surgery to fix what's ailing him and then we can get him back at $2 million. I think if that's 2 million, you think that low? No, 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 it's not. Uh It's going to be closer to, it'll be closer to, I mean, he's going to make more than he's going to make more than Trocheck. He's, I, you know, I just, he's going to be right around Kreider six and a half. I think it'll be lower than you think. I think it'll be interesting because they just can't fit him right now. If they do, it has to be, if he wants, you think he'd sign a one year deal? Yeah, I do actually. I think I I honestly do. And I, I mean, that's not me being pie in the sky. I think if he wants his money, he can get it elsewhere. It doesn't have to be the Rangers. I think Buffalo would gladly bring him, bring him with their being on the rise and him coming in maybe when mid season, if they need to give them, if he's going to be on the IR for a bit to give them some time to make some moves, I think he would gladly go there. You know what I mean? But if he wants to by all accounts, he likes New York, doesn't want to go back to Chicago. He sold his house. Um, so I think it's honestly, it's either Buffalo or New York. I really feel so. Do you want him back? No, not really. I mean, I, I could look stupid for saying that because if he comes back from his hip surgery and he looks like he turned back the clock three years to Patrick Kane, who can still on a bad team put up, you know, 70 some hot points. I just think he's going to be 35 having surgery on a hip. Yeah, I in know. In a game that needs to be played quick, strong, aggressive. Yeah. But it's I mean, I like, guess the argument is, do you think he's been hampered by it and now this takes care of it and he's faster, a little bit faster? It's Even though sick, he's not going to be what he you know. But that two weeks leading up to the trade to the New York Rangers, it's like he was the best player in the league. <laughs> it's like... Listen, he... There was a mode in which but, he had well, the ability. Listen, I mean, we saw, her, we saw in game two against the devils where he, he just turned it on. It was eight. He was able to somehow turn it on for, for two periods. And yeah. he was the best player in the game. You know what I mean? He has that. It's just not, it was all the time. And now he's older. It's like, he can, you can only dip into the well so many times. So it's there occasionally, but just, but it could be because the flash has become less and less and less. So will this surgery get him to the point where he can tap into it a little bit more? Also, I think Patrick Kane is a guy who I think he can, if you put him in a team that has a good system, that everything is taken care of, is great. But the problem is you have too many players that are like, well, every I need to be on a team where everyone else is attentive to every detail and then I get to do whatever the fuck I want. And that's Panarin. You know what I mean? Right. It worked in Columbus that one year with Tortorella where they swept the blue jackets or excuse me, they slept, the blue jackets slept, swept the lightning, but it's just, you can't, the Rangers have had too many of those guys recently. You know what I mean? So it's just not working. So, uh, I, I think there's so too many variables that I'm kind of afraid to give that to make it, you know, especially considering it, that if it would somehow come at the cost of letting go on a kid right. where, you know what I mean? But if you, I think the Rangers might be able to get him back for cheaper than one would think, but, Again, we're going to continue to monitor that, so that's a whole nother discussion. New customers can download DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook.
If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly. In partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling if you call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game, opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Okay, next question I have for you. Do the Rangers keep uh, Alexis Lafreniere? Yeah, they're going to keep him. Okay. Do you, and you unless, think, unless, do you think, unless, do you think he's at $2 million? Yeah, probably around there. I think he does a little bit more, maybe a little Kako. bit more than the Kako bridge. Kako's at 2.1, and then with it still restricted at the end of it. Yeah. I will say, I know I know this is a meme by this point, uh, but in the last two seasons, other than Chris Kreider because of his crazy season, no, I don't think any any other Ranger, I think Lafreniere has the second most uh, goals at even strength, more than Zabanajad. Very, so yeah it's there is something listen there is sad. something there it's a it's i will say this there is something there so unless his i guess these rumors of vancouver wanting him so bad because his former agent is now an assistant general manager there that they are willing to give up some package that is enticing to the rangers and it's not going to be brock besser you know i'll say that right now although when it is i'm going to like scream into my hat uh but yeah, when they are willing to, if I I guess if they're willing to like, I mean, you know, well, I, don't, I don't think they're going to give up Pot Colson for him, but which would be if it was if you told me they were going to offer up Vasily Pot Colson for Alexi Lafreniere, I would really think about it. Really, because he's the type of player the Rangers need. I don't think he's as talented as Lafreniere, but I think his work ethic. He's probably as it stands right now. Maybe I think. I would think about it, but listen, I'm ultimately in the keep Lafreniere camp. I'm not ready to give up on him. You you brought this new guy in. You might as well see, see how they look him and Kako look under the new guy at this point. See, I'm good. If you bridge him, you can trade him. You know what I mean? They'll be bridged. They know there's no money out there though, across. I know, but we talked about across the league. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like someone's going to give them the bag elsewhere. They just haven't put it together. There's not enough proof of concept. Yeah. But we all, I mean, we made this joke a few times, but there's no good bridge in New York. There really isn't. It's just at that point, if, if these bridges deals make them into all stars, we're not going to be able to afford them. So we have to trade them. And if they stink, then we'll end up with a stinky player and now we can't get anything for them. So bridges, there's no, it's a lose, lose. So here we are. And now we got two, the first overall and the second overall draft pick in the middle of bridge contracts on this team. And, you know, realistically, they're probably going to have blah seasons because 
and 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 I don't even think that's necessarily a bad thing. You would hope that in after what happened last season that these guys Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, Trocheck, you know, if Goudreau's still with us, but like you know, I'll even put Hedl in that camp. You know that they will really step up and lead this team. And I don't know if Kako and Lafreniere are gonna be able to do that. I really don't. I, I you see glimpses of it, and we talk about those glimpses, but the problem is. They're 22. Well, Kaka will be 23. You know, Lafreniere will be 22. It's like at this point, these two guys should be be a little bit more consistent. I know it's it's like fucked up and greedy of me to like want them to be on that level so early in their career, but the truth is, it's like other teams get it. Other teams get that performance from young guys. You know, they get players that transform teams and play cheaply, and you know and bring so many positive attributes to a lineup. It's just, I, I, this point, I don't have faith in them. I have more faith in as a Benajad stepping up and playing better than I do with these two guys. I have actually really high hopes for Hedl. I think he's going to, I think he'll have a much better season. I think him being coached under Lavalette, if he's learning the X's and O's and plays in a aggressive system, I think the sky's the limit for a guy like Philip Hedl. Well, I will say this, um, Another reason I have a little bit more faith in the kid has to do with the Rangers' uh, two hires so far to Laviolette's staff. Great segue. Um, great segue. That's that's podcasting, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, uh, obviously we know. Um, you know, let me pull up the relevant quotes for this. But I mean, early on, we it, and I, I don't believe anything has been officially said. It's just it's. I guess it's technically. I mean, it's it's basically kind of been confirmed by Rangers beat reporters, but uh, so far, Michael Pekka, former New York Islanders yep. uh, captain, and and obviously, I think everyone knows him as a Buffalo Sabre, uh, has joined the Rangers coaching staff. I believe he was coaching the Rochester Americans um, in the A as an assistant coach with them, but uh, I. Wasn't he also, uh, I, you know, I think he's had, no, no. I, yeah. So he's been coaching in the, for the Roche, Rochester, which is Buffalo's um, AHL team, but for the last few seasons, but I mean, you know, this is a, if you look at Buffalo's young players that have stepped in and have stepped up, you know, Jack Quinn, Paterka, Yuri Kolich, Isaac Rosen, like all these, all their young guys seem to make, go to the club and have big impacts early. You know what I mean? Um, so, and, you know, he coached the power play for the Rochester Americans and it was the best in the AHL going into their, uh, I think that team made the Eastern conference final. So, um, yeah, I mean, so that's obviously, and also just remember Peck as a player, he's in a, you know, he's yeah. a kind of a, a skill. He was a little bit ahead of his time. He was a skilled guy. So maybe not superstar, but you know, he had some skill. So I think having him and, also, um, you know, Lavulette hiring uh, Dan Muse to his staff as well, who, you know, he's had he's had a pretty interesting, I, I think, road. He was um, I don't want to give I don't want to get this guy. He's, uh, I do know he coached the the in the for the USND uh, TDP. I think he coached the U18 team to a goal, but he was a coach there. Uh, for a little bit, I think he 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 was on Lavulette's bench 
in Nashville. Um, he was head coach for the Chicago Steel in the USHL, and he won the championship with them in 2017. Uh, I also, yeah, like I said, he's he, he's got some experience. He's got experience on NHL bench, uh, and he's got, yeah, like I said, he's got, uh, oh, and he, I forgot he coached Yale University, and he won a championship with them. So he's got the, some credentials. And I think this hiring, more than the Pekka hiring, the more I've looked into it, the more, first of all, you look at the guy, uh, he, he looks like he's seen a ghost. He's, you know, he's just got sunken eyes, a shaved head. Uh, he looks like he's, he's being haunted by a ghost. But that being said, um, looking into the hire, I think you find things come up. He's at a few coaching conferences. He like has really broke down his methods for working with young players and how to get them to play better away from the puck and his tactics. And that's the thing from both him and Pekka, I'm seeing actual coaches that have, tactics and have strategies for coaching players and have track records of doing that. Whereas no offense to Jim Midgley and uh, Jesus, what was Gallant's other <laughs> coaching staff? Yeah, it's Midgley and what's his name? I forget their names because they didn't do anything. No they, offense to them, but they did. They didn't do anything. No. And am, and, I, am I crazy? Now, <laughs> do you remember? Did, did I mean, Say what you will, but when when uh, Elaine Vigneault was a coach, we heard Kevin Deneen's name all the name all the time, right? Like, well, and, and, and well, that I, again, it was uh, Mike Kelly and Jim Midgley and Gord Murphy were the assistants for Gallant. Um, but yeah, it, again, it the whole the last year the in coaching there was no coaching, so you would never yeah. have heard of them because they didn't do anything. Yeah, and, I don't it's just you couldn't really point to any you didn't see their game really evolve. It, it if anything it kind of looked that the initial rush they got when they had something to prove the year before, it just kind of devolved away from that, which was strange. You know what I mean? But I think that's again, this not having uh direction. You know what I mean? So, uh, but here you go. We have two hires for A, younger guys which is great. So who knows? Maybe if it doesn't work, if some, let's say it's not working out early, but the Rangers power play is absolutely killing it and firing, you know, whoever's coaching the offense. Maybe if, if Laviolette gets a quick boot by the owner, maybe one of them get called into the, into the seat as in an interim role. You know what I mean? Uh, but just in general, you know, having two, two assistant coaches that literally they're, calling cards right now are their success at molding and working with young players uh, is what the Rangers need. So, you know, it's, uh, I got to color me shocked that I'm actually a little excited over the coach that hires for the coat for the, you know, the assistant coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Muse right now because I didn't know what he looked like to be honest with you. Uh, he kind of looks like my fr- friend, Pat, he's a listener. So Pat, if you're listening to this kind of looks like if you were a version, if you were, a version uh, in another universe and you were a evil villain, like something happened and you, you know, had to take over the world. That's I think w- what you would look like in that universe. So yeah, uh, I see what you're saying, Andy. Uh, quick question though, with the assistance, when, when the New York Rangers, obviously, uh, how, let me have to phrase this here. If the new, with Lavalette, 
yeah. and our new system, playing aggressive. You bring in, you know, these two guys. You know, Mike Pekka obviously has some pedigree and stuff like that. But do you do you think that the New York Rangers are going to be accepting of these guys coming in here and kind of, you know, changing the entire DNA of this hockey team? Uh, I think, you know, a lot has been made about whether it's multiple articles from the beat writers and you have to imagine things have been intimated by the coaching staff. It's like, look, we've changed the coach twice now. It wasn't working with Quinn. We got rid of him. We bring in Gallant and you have one good year, but then you backslide. We can keep shuffling deck chairs on the Titanic all you want, but at what point is it on you to do that? Panarin just shaved all of his head off, his, I, all of his hair off of his head. The last podcast I did, I said that was the best move in the entire offseason. Nothing tells me a guy is ready to make a big change in his life than just buzzing his entire head. You know, that like that's literally like the start of like any like movie where the guy's just like, all right, I'm going to become a savage. Right. You shave your head. You just become great. Like the, you're ready to go. And I think I think that tells me a lot. And I know that's probably me just overlooking and being a little crazy. But if someone's shaving their head, especially it's not like his hair is short. I know he's had it short in the past, but Andy, you're telling me if you came in with a shaved head, you know that I'd be thinking, you know, what the fuck is up with this guy? You know, I think that's a fair conclusion. I think, I think, I think Panarin could have potentially his best season ever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could see Panarin having a year in which the points aren't there, but you're happy overall with his his game more. And no, more. a shaved head is 120 points. I love it. Okay, I listen. I from your lips to to God's ears, my friend. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think it it would seem that it has been the message has been given to the players. Like, all right. You didn't think you were getting from the coaching staff, so we're, we're making the changes you want. But now it's on you, right? I mean, we say we said this should have said this last time with David Quinn, but uh, it really is. I mean, if this isn't it, it's it's over for if if. And that's the thing. I think the one thing is that getting traded from New York, it's there. This is a first class organization. Let's say let's keep the whatever aside about the quality of the team. It's like you get taken care of by this organization. If you find out there's a chance they could ship you to Florida in a deal, or excuse me, not Florida, uh, to Arizona in a deal to like, because they'll take on salary. That's, that is a, you know, that's a team that's been changing behind curtains in a, in a college locker room. You know what I mean? Like, right. There is. So if they, you have to imagine they, there has to be some understanding that this is, this is on us as well. It's not just, you know, yes, there were some, we didn't, there's some issues with how we were being coached that's been addressed, but it's on you as well. You know, there should be something to prove after getting embarrassed by your rival in a, in a, in a winnable series. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Do you want to uh, let's segue to uh, to obviously you news know yeah news of the day. Um, Henrik Lundqvist selected to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, not really shocking, no. but you know this 
getting cemented um, and becoming a reality is is kind of cool, and you know, just takes you back and makes you reappreciate the times that you had with with Hank and just what he was able to do uh, as a New York Ranger and just be not only just one of the best players ever in his position, but also a player that uh, was transformative on every aspect. You know, he was, you know, essentially a male model. He was the best goalie. He was the captain of this team. He was a face in the NHL. He was our representative year after year in the all-star game. He was, you know, they called him the king. And he just, he was so captivating as just a player and a person. It just, you know, it's pretty remarkable just to see, you know, unfortunately his career didn't end the way we wanted it to end. I think for every, you know, person that, you know, is a Lundquist fan, but man, oh man, has he just not skipped a beat and it just shows you what kind of person he is. And there's nobody really more deserving um, that's put on a New York Rangers sweater than, you know, for him to, you know, have this honor. It's just tremendous. So um, what were your thoughts initially? Yeah, not shocking. I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure, obviously. I think the second that he retired, you just knew it was in the cards. I think yeah. he, I, I, I was at retirement night and for Henrik Lundqvist's number, and that's the first thing Kevin Weeks said, you know, is like, next stop, Toronto, Ontario, the Hockey Hall of Fame. And again, uh, not a shock, but I think it just speaks to his greatness. I mean, not a, I haven't seen anyone, even the usual – and, you know, there's a lot. This had a lot of goaltenders. It's three goaltenders, right? It's, it's you know, uh, Lundqvist along with Tom Barrasso and Mike Vernon going in, uh, as well as Pierre Turgeon as a builder. Ken Hitchcock is a, as a, excuse me, Pierre Turgeon. Uh, Pierre Turgeon as a player. Caroline Ouellette as a player. Um, and then Ken Hitchcock, the coaches, and Pierre Lacroix as, a, as builders. But, you know, Lundqvist is going to headline this class, so he'll get the top billing and he'll probably get the biggest, you know, spotlight on the day. So, and I mean, it makes sense from, from that sense, but, you know, like I said, it's just a no brainer. I mean, it just, listen, our whole podcast prior to him leaving this team has been about what it's always been about. Henrik Lundqvist just dragging um, any just undeserving unqualified teams to places they shouldn't have been in. You know what I mean? It's just, he's six in, in NHL history and wins. He's ninth in games played. He's 17th in shutouts. He's a Rangers, uh, all time, you know, leader in everything for a goaltender, you know, games played saves the save percentage, all, all of it. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, it's just a no brainer. Um, yeah, it's, it's... but again, Alexander McGilney does not get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. And not, not to be, I'm one of those people, unfortunately. It's stupid at this point. It's insane. It's insanity. And I was say, you know, I saw Greg Wyshynski retweeted this because there was someone tweeted that that one of the reasons is like, don't expect any Russians to get in with all the, you know, the controversy around Russia recently. And, you know, Greg retweeted this and he's like, yeah, if only there was someone who was very famous for defecting from Russia and running right. away from that. Like, I just don't. Just how he got to the NHL is like that something alone. that should be celebrated. It, yes. I mean, and listen, <coughs> first Russian player to defect, but he was obviously the Stasny's uh, defected from uh, where were they from? Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia at the time. Uh, if I'm wrong, please uh, forgive me. But yeah, he was the first Czech player to defect. 
and also he had like I mean he I don't think he ever won he never won the um you know he never won the Art Ross or anything but did he win the Art Ross no but I mean you know he had a, he had a 127 point season he had a 76 goal season in 92-93 for Buffalo I mean uh he was just he was a sick player. Unless he's got a thousand games played, or excuse me, I'm sorry. He, yeah, he's got his. He's got 990 games played, so almost a thousand games. He's over a thousand points. He has over. Uh, he's almost got 500 goals. He's got 473 goals, but he's you know he's got 559 points in his career. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. He's got a thousand points. I'm, I'm all. I'm sorry. He's got you know 559 uh, assists. So he's got over a thousand points for his career. He's got almost a thousand games played. Uh, it's just. It's it's madness. I mean, you know, he uh, he did win the Lady Bing and he again, he won the cup with the devil. So he's got a Stanley Cup. So it's just yeah, I, I just don't get it at this point. It's it's and he it's was good not, in the playoffs, too. It's not like he was just like yeah, guy that ca- carried yeah. by, a you know, a good devil's team. It's just it's so weird. And it's just such a thing that everyone keeps saying, well, there must. What is the what is this? The real what's the reason why he keeps getting snubbed? And it's just it's hard to know. Is it just the is it just spite on the past on, you know, on part of the Hockey Hall of Fame? It's just it's so stupid. It's yeah, it's crazy, especially this class. He could have easily been in. I mean. Right. I was going to say, I go, it's one thing if, you know, you had, you know, five Hendrick Lundqvist or however many get in, but you don't, you didn't really like you, you could have made an exception here. I I don't know. I, I don't know what, what's the voting thing? Like how many votes does like, did he get any votes or anything? Like, I don't, I forgot. I don't even know how this I works. I don't know. I don't never see It's anything. just a shame, man. It really... Oh God, it's, it's one of those, you know, you look, you look at his entire career and I mean, I, I love this. I, it's well told at this point, but you've heard the story of him when he, when, uh, Mike Keenan was the coach of the Canucks, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Basically to the effect of Keenan's given it to the locker room and specifically McGillney over his, you know, his habits or whatever, you know, you're not, you're not doing enough of this or whatever. And he just basically goes like, Hey Mike, I defected from USSR. You know, they threatened to kill my, kill me and kill my family. You think I'm fucking afraid of you? You know, that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Which is just, you know, such a, that's a hell of a move. You know what I mean? What you, what do you say after that? Um, but again, it's just, yeah, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. But that being said, uh, congrats, this is a Rangers podcast. Congratulations to Henrik Lundqvist uh, and all the other inductees. And again, it'll be it'll be nice for him to get that the big spotlight, um, you know, on, on the day. So obviously it was a slam dunk. It was a no brainer. So thank God, you know, we don't have such a such such a problem with Hank because he obviously deserves it. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet.
New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.